This week on Telltales, dresses, dancing, dismemberment, just like my 11th birthday party. Thanks, Uncle Steve. Tales is a squadron of scruffy-looking nerf herders who get together beneath the light of a waning gibbous moon to hurt our nerfs. And also, we write fiction stories. David is an alligator. He's a mama-papa coming for you. He's a space invader. He'll be a rock and roll... <clears throat> you get the idea. Chris sings his beard to sleep every night. I know. I've watched. I just have to be really quiet. Josh is the thing that goes bump in the night. He's really clumsy. Today's tale was written by Chris Dumoulin, and it is read by the author. It's called Reginald's Gift, and is the second of our first line challenge stories. David provided Chris with this beauty of a first line, and he was in full troll mode. Reginald took Charlene's hand, looked her in the eye and vowed to give her a night she would never forget. We'll get this hand reattached in no time, he told her. She didn't say anything back. She was switched off, but when she was back online, she was going to be so surprised. Reggie giggled to himself as he soldered leads quickly and efficiently, using all five limbs in the Hab's microgravity. He had to hurry. Char's monthly maintenance cycle would be wrapping up soon, and she'd be switching back on any minute now. Reggie finished up the last connector and stowed his tools with his aft hands while quickly polishing the completed chassis with his forehands. He scooted back and admired his handiwork. The chassis was big, but that was no surprise considering it had started life as a warframe. He'd smuggled the demilitarized warframe in piece by piece over the course of the last few months, hiding them away and working on them as time and Char's lack of attention allowed. The chassis was anthropomorphic. It had two arms and two legs and a large sensor cluster where you'd expect a head to be. It had been designed for the kind of nasty corridor fighting that generally required a basically human shape for efficiency. It's easier to work controls and use scavenged weapons made for humans when you're human-shaped. But whatever engineering mind had originally specced out this chassis would have been shocked and appalled by what Reggie had done to it. He'd lightened it up, removing most of the armor plating and heavy weaponry, and had replaced the drab military-grade paint job with a shiny, joyful purple accented by tastefully applied touches of chrome and brushed aluminum. And he'd wrapped the whole thing in a gigantic yellow antebellum-era ball gown, complete with a bustle and long white gloves that went up well past the old Warframe's elbow joints. The whole thing looked like a cross between a tank and a fairy tale princess, only with significantly more purple. It was perfect. Char was going to love it. Reggie punched a command into his wrist comp and slow, stately chamber music filled the hab as he scrambled into his own outfit. The soft chime that signaled the drone's upcycle sounded as he turned and straightened his waistcoat. He floated there, fidgeting nervously as light returned to Charlene's single eye. What? she said. Reggie, what are you doing here? What are you wearing? My lady, he said with the closest approximation to a bow that he could manage in the microgravity. It's not what I'm wearing that we need to talk about. It's what you're wearing. His lean face split in a grin. Take a look at yourself, Char. Her eye tilted down and Charlene took a look at herself. What in the... Reggie, you crazy boy, what is this? The old battered, meter-long, bullet-shaped drone was secured inside the converted chassis and connected to its motor cortex via long, thick cable. Happy online day, Char. Online day? Char's voice registered genuine surprise. 
How in the verse did you know it was my online day? I haven't celebrated an online day in, I don't know, over a century? Reggie couldn't contain his excitement and started bobbing back and forth between the bulkheads. Well, you remember when we had that old solar servo seize up over at L3? Well, I was digging through the old logs trying to find out the last time somebody actually cleaned those things. It's been like 125 years or so. They're way past due, by the way. Anyway, I was digging through those old logs, and I found an entry where one of the guys who was stationed here before me said that he'd gotten you a full hollow set of Gone with the Wind for your online day. And I thought, you know, Sharp really loves that stuff. I bet I can do even better than some hollows. Oh, Reggie, Char used one of the frame's arms to lift the edge of her dress. Oh, I almost forgot! Reggie grabbed a pair of mag boots that he'd polished to a mirror shine and strapped them onto his aft hands. As he activated them, they drew him down to the deck, and with a clump, he was awkwardly standing on the deck. He wasn't just awkward because he was nervous, which he was, or because he wasn't used to standing. There's not a whole lot of standing necessary in microgravity. He was standing awkwardly because Reggie was a ZG, an older human genetic variant designed for life in zero gravity, and as a ZG, Reggie's legs weren't exactly human normal. In fact, Reggie didn't really have legs so much as a second set of arms, complete with a second set of hands where legs usually go. Arms aren't really made for standing on, but he gave it his best shot and bowed to Charlene again. My lady, would you care to dance? Would I care? Reginald McNeese, did you do all of this so that you could ask me to dance? He grinned at her. Yes, ma'am. You can't really dance if you don't have arms and legs, now can you? When she didn't reply right away, Reggie started to wonder if he'd gone too far. He looked down at the deck and started to fidget nervously. I just thought, I mean, I know how much you love those old holodramas with the balls and the music and the fancy clothes, and, and I just thought, I just thought, gosh, Shar has done so much for me. She's taken me in and given me a job and trained me how to be useful for once in my life. She deserves something special. He glanced up at her and then back down to his mag boots. Shar, you've given me the closest thing I've ever had to a home. You're more of a mom to me than my own dam was. A large mechanical hand, in a beautiful white glove, gently reached down and raised Reggie's chin until he was looking into Char's single eye lens. Reggie, Char said, this is the nicest thing that anyone has ever done for me. I don't even know what to say. The drone gently wrapped her arms around Reggie and whispered, I love you, boy. Thank you. They stood that way for a moment as the chamber music played. Finally, Reggie pushed back and wiped his eyes and took a deep breath. So, how about that dance? Char laughed and said, absolutely. She held out her arms. Reggie took them in his forehands, and they began to whirl around the deck. They laughed at their own lack of skill. After all, neither of them had ever danced before. They'd only seen it done in the hollows. They were just starting their second dance when the Habs comm kicked in. Outpost EK273611. This is the speckled band on approach. What the devil are you listening to, Char? The cultured male voice on the other end of the comm was filled with confusion. What is going on over there? Reggie grinned as he tapped his wrist comp to answer. Hey, Mycroft, it's Reggie. You're clear to dock in Bay 2. We'll be ready to receive. I hope you brought your dancing shoes. My, my what? Mycroft replied. I don't have feet, you void adult. Reggie stabbed the comm kill before Mycroft could finish whatever he was going to say, and he and Char broke into laughter. All right, Char said reluctantly after they'd regained their composure. You better help me get out of this thing before the speckled band docks. We've got a job to do. As my lady wishes, Reggie said, making another grand bow and then helping her to disconnect from the dress-draped chassis. They left the music playing as they hummed along and prepared to receive their guests, the calm strains of a stately waltz echoing throughout the hab. So, super thanks to David for giving me this just wonderful line to start with. You're welcome. You know, it was only because you had just told us how much you hate romance stories. 
Have I mentioned that I hate romance stories? I think you did. I, I remember you saying that when I wrote this first line for you. I mean, just in case we've forgotten, that line is, Reginald took Charlene's hand, looked her in the eye, and vowed to give her a night she would never forget. Who would have ever guessed that you would take this into cosplay in space? I had to do something with it because I wasn't writing a romance short. Well, I was really impressed with where you went with it. And um, it, it made me think, what is cosplay going to be like in the future in space? Well, clearly in the future, people are going to cosplay as Civil War era Gone with the Wind types. So it was mind blowing to me when I realized that people who reenact Civil War battles are really cosplayers. Like you think they're serious dudes who are committed to history. Well, maybe you do. But they're really cosplayers. Like, the only difference is it actually happened versus, you know, dressing up as, uh, you know, Master Chief or Sailor Moon or whatever, which didn't happen. But they're really cosplayers. That's, that's, it's just like they went to a, a convention. Are you saying that cosplayers are not serious about the thing they're cosplaying? What are you trying to say? What are you trying to say, man? I'm not saying anything bad. It's just weird to think that people reenacting serious historical events are essentially the same as cosplayers. Listen. Pokemon Naruto crossover is serious historical events. I did not think we were talking about Chris's weekend activities. Now, <laughs> but if we want to go there, we can go there. Hey, we were not supposed to bring up his Pokemon LARPing group. <laughs> Pokemon <laughs> LARPing. <laughs> That's real. Join us next week for a quaint period romance story. There might be a ghost in it or not. Too early to tell. This has been a production of The Telltales. Copyright for today's story belongs to Chris Dumoulin, so don't steal it or it's right out the airlock with you. The theme music is by the Flat Creek Kings. This week's episode was sponsored by Sad Sam's Self-Deprecating Soda. It's not really that good and you probably don't care. I shouldn't have even brought it up. If you have enjoyed this podcast, please share on social media and leave us a review on iTunes. You can find us at telltaleswriting.com, on Facebook by searching Telltales Writing, on Twitter at at telltaleswrite, or on Instagram at telltaleswriting. If you did not enjoy this podcast, inform your local ice cream truck driver. He's surveilling your neighborhood for us anyway. In space, no one can hear you scream, but they can see you dancing, so you might want to keep that in mind.